0: Of South Africa. My job is to make your days a little bit brighter and the weight of the world a little bit lighter, giving you a direct perspective through the lens of how I see the world. Get the inside scoop on some of the coolest locals I've met here in Santa Barbara So sit back, relax, check out Liz, get down to biz. to you by Lulufema. The famous swimwear has been seen on Hollywood's most famous bodies like Beyonce Knowles, Shakira, and Kate Hudson. If you're looking for a fun, cute, Lulufema swimsuit, check out Bikini Factory in Summerland. Hey guys, it's me. I'm back with a special guest, Michelle Branch. Michelle, can you please um spell out your first and your last name for me. Sure. Okay.
1: Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Mm-hmm. And then Madrid Branch is what I normally go by. M-A-D-R-I-D hyphen branch B-R-A-N-C-H.
0: Okay. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> so let's get started.
0: Michelle is a writer. She's written a couple of books. And um, the reason why I wanted to interview Michelle was because she was originally you were adopted yes and she's also adopted two kids as well but we'll get more into that further down the line Mm -hmm. and it also just hits close to home because i'm adopted too as you all know so let's get to know you a little bit better great thank you for having me it's my pleasure good to see you (laughs) good to see you so michelle
1: where did you grow up Oh, that's a great question. Kind of a little bit of everywhere. Mm-hmm. As I was born in England. Mm-hmm. Um, mother, my birth mother is Span- uh, English, my birth father is Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I was placed in foster care. So I was in foster care and ultimately adopted by Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, we continued to live in England for a while after I was adopted and brought into their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, when we moved to the States, we lived a little bit of everywhere. South Dakota, Florida... Um Texas, Gulf Coast of Mississippi, we live sort of all around. Oh wow. So I can't say that I'm really from somewhere. and I think if I say anywhere feels like home, definitely when I'm in England, I feel like it's my soul's home. Mm-hmm. But I do think I've found a special home in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like I'm from here now. I'm like yeah, a California girl. Yeah. And when did you move to Santa Barbara? Did you move
0: here with your parents?
1: No, we moved to Santa Barbara. My husband and my children, myself, moved here um, about four and a half years ago from Spain. We were living in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. At the time, we had been living in southern Spain as well, in Andalusia. Um, We loved Spain, and we thought if we ever moved back to the States, it would probably be this area of Santa Barbara. We had visited several times in the past, and our kids loved it. We love the beauty, of the nature, and the mm-hmm. ocean, and just the feel of the place. Mm-hmm. It also does have a, that Spanish feel that felt, exactly. you know, resonated with us, resonated with me f- certainly. Um, and so we moved here about four and a half years ago, and it's quickly, it's quickly become home.
0: Yeah. And where did you meet your husband? Because now you like, <laughs> I want to know where it like question. all started.
1: That's right. And all of that moving around. Yeah. How did I meet with, my husband? Yeah. I was in television news for about 12 years, mm-hmm. um, I was a journalist, um, anchor reporter, um, at the time I met my husband, I was working for ABC News, mm-hmm. and I had been sent to Colorado Springs to cover a story, I believe it was on the Pan Am Games, mm-hmm. and my husband happened to be in Colorado Springs, he's from New Mexico, Okay. Um, and so we, just it was just one of those chance meetings, he yeah. was on business there. I was covering a news story there. We met. I thought, what a nice person. Yeah. Um, But he lives in New Mexico and I don't. Yeah. I'm a busy newswoman. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah. And I sort of moved on. And then about 10 months later, he emailed me and said, Hi, do you remember me? I'm thinking, kind of, but maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's how we met. That was the initial meeting. And we then began to. Um, see each other long distance, and mm-hmm. and that sort of just grew into a very special relationship. I yeah. knew that he was the one for me.
0: Yeah, and and then when did you decide to um, first? When did you start decide to start writing? Hmm. And then when did you adopt Evie hmm. and, Ian? and Ian? So oh, okay. where should we start? Which how did it start? Was it adoption okay. first or? was was writing first? Such
1: a good question. I think I'd have to say writing probably first because all my life I've loved to write. And I think when I was a little girl growing up as an adoptee, an international adoptee, Mm -hmm. as someone who didn't look anything like anyone in her family, Mm -hmm. um, I think that writing for me gave me a place to go Mm -hmm. and maybe express feelings that I didn't necessarily feel comfortable expressing with my adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. Not, Not because... I didn't think that they would um, necessarily be supportive mm-hmm. but because I felt that perhaps if I expressed certain feelings of sadness or sorrow um, or longing for um, my birth heritage or my birth parents that maybe they might see me as ungrateful hmm I didn't want to be perceived as that yeah. I truly was grateful for all that I had um, so I started I would write in my journals And I just, writing was always a a safe place for me to go to. So I think writing always came first for me. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started in news, it was sort of a natural progression. I loved the visual component of news and I loved the writing. And I liked sort of marrying those two and telling stories of people's lives. As far as writing books... That came after I started building my family. Mm-hmm. So I gave birth to my eldest son, Christian. Yeah. Um, and started writing and exploring my feelings about adoption. Continued that through through the delivery of Ian, um, as we delivered him via adoption out of Russia. hmm Continued to write um, and expanding and being more open about my own feelings mm-hmm. about adoption and that living in that skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I was in Ethiopia yeah adopting Aviana Tiblet yeah that um, my I think my my dedication to writing as a way of truly trying to reach out and helping people um, overcome those places that feel too broken to, mm-hmm. to, to mend yeah, became very palpable for me, and um, I wanted to live that out loud. Eviana was born in southern Ethiopia, and this and what we were told by the orphanage is that she was found abandoned.
0: That's so sad.
1: Yeah, and... Um, She was tiny. She's just a baby. Mm -hmm. And um, a police officer Mm -hmm. um, found her and gave her a name because mm-hmm. there was no information attached to her and she couldn't speak for herself. Mm-hmm. And he gave her the name Tiblet. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the orphanage in Addis Ababa, I asked well, what is the translation of that? And mm-hmm. they said it means let her be greater. Mm-hmm. And when they told me that, it just it sort of brought me to my knees. That I this, know, that's you know, beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, It was like a prayer to me or a crying out of let this child rise above mm-hmm. this very serious and dire circumstance and yeah. let her be more... And I think that each of us deserves that opportunity to be more than what is broken in our lives. And also every child without a doubt deserves that and deserves to be heard and deserves to be seen as... Um, beautiful and filled with potential no matter the circumstance that's surrounding Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So I became very passionate writing on this topic of let her be greater, let us be greater, let me be greater, Mm -hmm. you know. And what does that mean for each of us? Mm -hmm. How do we find that individually and how can we do the walk together collectively?
0: Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And what made you adopt out of the United States? Is it because you you were... yeah.
1: International, I think a little bit of that, yeah. I mean, adoption always seemed very natural to me, mm-hmm. kind of for, probably for me more natural than actually giving birth, yeah, because it just seemed. Um, so much a part of who I was that I wanted to extend that to another child so certainly international adoption was always of interest to me Mm -hmm. but we also looked domestically and that just never happened for us Mm -hmm. for whatever reasons the child seemed to always be somewhere outside of the US so first we went to Russia Mm -hmm. that was a surprise Mm -hmm. Um, and then Ethiopia was a surprise too I have this saying that I say to people when you commit to adopting your Mm -hmm. child is some in the world and don't create a a box or borders be open to the fact that your child may be waiting somewhere that you least expect Mm -hmm. and that's where you must go
0: and when you went to russia and you went to ethiopia were you looking to adopt in those places or were you traveling and you kind of looking to adopt
1: we had started the process committed to each of those countries yeah Um, And then we're given referrals. And why those two countries? Well, when we started um, the adoption process with Ian, we were actually looking in an area called um, Azerbaijan, which is um, um, part of the former Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, That they went on that country went on moratorium, and the reason that we looked there initially was, I believe, the facilitator of our adoption at the agency we were working with said, "You know, the the kids there kind of look like you and your husband. It might be nice." (laughs) We're like, "Well, okay, we'll look there." It went on moratorium, and then um, we were told, "But Russia is now placing quickly. We could just move your paperwork into Russia Mm -hmm. and complete that dossier." We did, and lo and behold, when we were in the orphanage meeting our son for the first time who was um at the time he was nine months of age Mm -hmm. we brought him home at 11 and a half months of age but Mm -hmm. we learned that his birth mother actually was from Azerbaijan Mm -hmm. Um, so it was like meant to be right to be and he had the same birthday as my my mother-in-law and on and on there was just all of these signs and he was so beautiful and as for Eviana when we decided, you know, I felt I had these two beautiful boys, but I didn't feel that the family was complete yet. Mm-hmm. I, a, I felt like there was a daughter out there. Yeah. And so uh, we would be at dinner and we would be meeting new people, mm-hmm. and Ethiopia kept coming up in conversation. And, you know, we ate at a great Ethiopian restaurant. Someone would say, or, you know, my son was just in Ethiopia doing yeah. some work. So I said to my husband, maybe we should look t- to Ethiopia. And lo and behold, um, that's where our daughter was waiting for us. We received the referral and the second I saw her photo, I said, there she is. Let's that's her. Uh, nothing will stop me from yeah. being there with her. And the beauty of all of it, it is, of course, changed all of our lives in significant, mm-hmm. profound ways.
0: That's so amazing. Yeah. And Evian is the cutest little girl. Thank you. She loves you. <laughs> she's so she's, cute. She's like you. She's powerful. <laughs> she's, she's a little independent girl. Yeah. Um And... Are you now with, because I know you have a new book coming out mm-hmm. and everything. Are you, is it about, what is it about?
1: It's the working title right now is Let Her Be Greater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really does start, um, the beginning of the book is seated in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. In that moment where I held Aviana for the first time. And she was so tiny and malnourished and mm-hmm. she was sick um and then i learned you know holding this tiny little little frame in my arms and then hearing of this mi- mighty name never be greater yeah it's that moment you know in those moments in life where you're given something and you know you have to do something with it mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know what that is but you have to trust the process yeah So it's been an evolution for me and this book, is exploring the very things that I was saying. Um, How do we overcome the brokenness? How do we find a greatness that's beyond this world? Because it's not, you know, happiness, greatness, it's not about what we accumulate, Mm -hmm. it's beyond that. And I think when we're able to see that we are guided Mm -hmm. um, by something much bigger than ourselves and we're able to surrender to that Mm -hmm. you think there's um sort of it opens the floodgates of healing and direction and just enormous beauty in our lives and so i'm exploring that in in this book Mm -hmm. what this little girl the adoption of this little girl means has meant in my life watching her grow and, mm-hmm. and and become all who she is all mm-hmm. of that she is um, at seven mm-hmm. um, and beyond I have the privilege of being the woman who gets to watch that and witness mm-hmm. that um, but you know from a universal message what does that mean for all of us mm-hmm. and how can we see those broken bits of our lives as fuel yeah not the thing that keeps us sitting in a, in the struggle mm-hmm. um, but how can we see it as the fuel that has us stand up from that struggle and move on and live out really what is sort of our destiny mm-hmm. and the legacy of our lives yeah. well, what does that look like
0: yeah and is the book direct it, Obviously, it's about the adoption, but is it directed at women, empowering empowering women,
1: or just people in general? I think it's definitely um, directed to the woman's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we we are we're in a, we live in very interesting times right now, and so the more we can lift each other up mm-hmm. with our varying voices, the work you do, the work I do, the more that we can go out there and live. Um, our voices out loud and live love out loud, Mm -hmm. you know, and share stories, Mm -hmm. we begin to empower ourselves individually, collectively. And I think absolutely it's for, it's for, it's for women. Um, But I hope certainly that, you know, men might pick it up too and learn something.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and a little bit off the topic, but does Evie, like, is she interested in the book too? Does she ask you questions about it and stuff like that?
1: I yeah. think almost every single day. Yeah. Are you finished yet, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> are you done yet? Thank you. Um, so you know, so we're we're at the point now with this book that we are. Fi- vi- I have a literary agent now um, representing the project, so mm-hmm. we're finishing up um, the, the, the last little bits of the proposal. Mm-hmm. And so the process is now: it goes out to publishers, and we hopefully get a deal, and then the book will be out.
0: And when did this start?
1: When did you decide to write this book? It was pro- it's probably been about a year and a half journey. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little more of, of knowing that, not just wanting to write it, but I felt like I needed to write mm-hmm. it. I felt like I was called to write it. Mm-hmm. And then it, I, I'm not a believer in pushing it. Mm-hmm. I believe, I'm a believer in writing daily, do, the practice of writing daily and, and allowing it to be everything that it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to rush it. Um, but I think we're getting really close.
0: I think I'm think i really excited. Oh, when it comes out, I want to read. Do you have You're like ready. a publishing date or when it comes out? or No, that'll no. be
1: soon to come.
0: Yeah. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> and how many books have you written?
1: I've got three that are okay. published. And the first book I ever wrote was a, a children's book. And it's, uh, I wanted to write something that was a truer look at w- the decision that a birth mother makes. Mm-hmm. You know? No matter um, the story of our birth mothers, um, I think they are givers of life. Mm-hmm. So my birth mother made a decision that she couldn't raise me, so mm-hmm. she placed me in foster care, um, and I went, I've gone through my, um, my ups and downs of what that meant to me and how that left me feeling abandoned, and I've gone through my anger over that mm-hmm. and all of that, and it was when I arrived at a place of just forgiveness and just love mm-hmm. and just love. You know, when you're able to just say, "I'm gonna love everyone, always, all the time," um, it it I think it really empowers you. Just, and I think it breaks your heart wide open for their story. Mm-hmm. Like, not well, what did this do to me? Mm-hmm. But I began to want to know, well, what did it do to
0: her? Exactly. You know? Yeah.
1: And so I wrote the book from that perspective about mm-hmm. her decision, mm-hmm. and it was an intimate, sweet little book about the fact that this woman made a decision out of love, Mm -hmm. as heartbreaking as it was, um, to to give a little girl a family that Mm -hmm. she she wasn't able to give her at that time.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then I wrote a book called Adoption Means Love Triumph of the Heart, and it was a compilation of stories from people all over Mm -hmm. um, and their experiences with adoption. And then um, part of the process of writing Let Her Be Greater um, was uh, a little e-book called Mascara Moments, Mm -hmm. Embracing the Woman in the Mirror. Mm -hmm. As I was writing and journaling on... The themes that sort of were born of Eviana's adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to be able to see myself differently in the mirror and really love me Mm -hmm. in a different way, Mm -hmm. appreciate me, and appreciate my story. Yeah. So that book, Mascara Moments, is just a gentle little ebook, a simple little short ebook, reminding us that we are all very special, needed, and valued indeed.
0: Yeah, you're such a special person. (laughs) So are you. Thank you You for saying that. Um. So. Like do you th- you actually making me tear up? Aw <laughs> I love you, sweetie. Oh honey. <laughs> oh, no, now you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> no, it's really special what you do. Aww, thank you, sweetie. And I'm glad that the two the two kids that have the privilege to call them call
1: you their mothers Aww. very
0: they are really, really lucky oh, to honey. have you. Thank you so
1: much, Han. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um,
0: so I wanted to know Yeah breath um (laughs) do you think that with everything that you have like accomplished through life or whatever Mm -hmm. do you think you've fulfilled everything that you want so far or is there just so much more that you want to oh wow what you want to do
1: i think i feel totally blessed but there's a lot more that i want to fulfill because i think more than ever in my life right now at this place here today sitting with you i feel more guided than I've ever felt before. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me want to get up every morning and say, I know there's more for me to do. Yeah. So it's deeper than just, yeah, I want to accomplish this or I want to accomplish this. Now it's like this fuel or this need for to get up and make really good use of my life and be used in the best possible way. Yeah. So yeah, I am so, like in the morning, I get up in the morning, I'm it's a gratitude for all that I have, everything yeah. that I have. And now I'm like, let's, let's go use this, use this woman, yeah. you know, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I have a deep faith and I'm just like, God use me in whatever way that I need to be used mm-hmm. so that I can make a true difference in this world. And I can help heal parts of people that, that are hungering to be healed. Yeah. Because I want them to, I want everyone to know how valued they are, and that's just not saying it. Yeah, it's really true. Mm-hmm. We are all each of us needed in this world. If we're going to heal the many wrongs yeah. that are going on, yeah, um, that have happened in the past and that continue to happen, and sometimes we feel like we're repeating these cycles, um, we're needed. Our voices are needed. But I think the way we need to show up—just this is my personal perspective—is just a total gesture of love mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. Because what makes us different? Is what makes us strong mm-hmm. and we've got to honor the differences in each other yeah we got to value that we got to love each other up yeah or we're never going to heal
0: exactly that's just and my
1: take <laughs> do,
0: do you ever think that you would like like not start an organization but maybe um like a group of a group for like young women that are struggling with looking at themselves in the mirror and like appreciating themselves or do you think that your books are something that provides
1: that? I love that question. I think hopefully the books will continue to provide. However, I do want to start something, and Eviana Mm -hmm. um, really um, is asking about that. Mm -hmm. So I know that that there's something there. And I would love to think about... um, Doing something in honor of that name, Tiplant, mm-hmm. where we create space mm-hmm. for women to come and share mm-hmm. what's what they feel is holding them back, what has been that hurt that is resting in their heart and in their spirits, that where they feel like I just don't think I can, I can get over that hurdle to that place that I'm longing to be, mm-hmm. um, or I don't even know if I believe that's possible for me because mm-hmm. I used to think maybe I'm just one of those people who's not meant. Or was never meant to be valued or maybe Mm -hmm. I am really what social workers call me kind of the throwaway kid Mm -hmm. the difficult to place child because I was given a lot of labels in foster care and maybe they're right and you know what they're wrong Mm -hmm. so whatever the the world now I'm gonna tear up (laughs) so whatever the world may be saying to you today Mm -hmm. it's chatter Mm -hmm. you got to go within, and that true voice that's inside of you is the truth. Mm -hmm. Don't let the chatter stop you. Mm -hmm. I let the chatter stop me for a while because I just didn't know so much of it. I didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're a little kid and there's big people telling you who Who you you are.
0: Exactly. You just believe what they say, right?
1: right? They must must be the experts. Mm -hmm. Certainly I'm not. Well, I'm here to say, even if you're a kid that voice is your truth. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get kids, women, men, if we can get each of us to listen to that truth within, mm-hmm. uh, we can do a world of good. Yeah, for Because sure. everything else is junk. It, re- it really, know, really is. I don't put junk food in my body. I don't want my kids to. Yeah. Why would we let junk language exactly. in our mind, our hearts, and our spirits?
0: To, to, to like, shape us. Because yeah. it is. It's really easy to listen to people saying stuff about you and you get i'm very much like that i get super self-conscious of mm. what people think of me or am i saying something wrong or like so i'm also just learning now to just do my own thing and
1: you know absolutely and the fact that you are aware and the fact that you know that you're not alone, because mm-hmm. everyone goes through that. Mm-hmm. We think I used to think I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Something was, I just must have you know been born on the wrong day because mm-hmm. it's just me. It's not we uh, we're all given these um, challenges, these situations in our lives, and I think ultimately it molds us if we allow it to mold us toward a greater way. Mm-hmm. And I love that saying of a diamond goes through an intense amount of pressure before it shines. Mm-hmm. Just understand that. There's going to be pressure. There's going to be, you know, pushback. Mm -hmm. If you stay true to that voice and who you know, your authenticity. Yeah. And you will rise above all of that.
0: A hundred percent. And that kind of goes into my next question. If you had to change anything in this world, what would you change?
1: Wow. Well, definitely for me, it's the way that children, orphans, and foster kids are seen. Mm hmm It's so unfair that... um, We are seen, have been seen as lesser than, not as worthy, that we've been given labels that are so unfair Mm -hmm. um, because we are filled with the same kind of potential as anybody else on this planet. Mm -hmm. We just have been through some interesting situations. Yeah. But just because a child loses parents, just because a child is placed in foster care, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the child is bad Mm -hmm. and so people say well I don't think that I could love a child out of that situation or I don't know how I could love a child that's not of my own blood Mm -hmm. love is love love is just love I look at my three kids I forget which one I physically gave birth to yeah because guess what I physically gave birth to each of them exactly just in a different way I felt them within me um, and so I would definitely want to erase all the stigma mm-hmm. and the myth about the orphan and the foster child. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I could do it, and like I just do it right now, just just erase <laughs> it right now. So each day, I, I hope I do a little bit of that.
0: Do you do talks like like? Um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that? I speak. Yeah. Wait. Oh, it depends. Um, You know, I will be asked to keynote, um, you know, for um, organizations that are out there um, to uplift children, to uplift women. I keynote on webinars. um, That's so awesome. Adoption, foster care, it may be women's issues, what have you. Yeah, I'm always trying to be out there Mm -hmm. and using my voice in some way. Now, today, we have podcasts. We have so many ways of extending our voice. Exactly. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, and do you put all that information, like, on your Instagram and stuff for people to know where you're talking and stuff like that? Yes. Okay. I
1: will put this on my Instagram, (laughs) on my Twitter, (laughs) on my Facebook.
0: (laughs) That's great. I want to believe it, baby. (laughs) And um, one last couple of questions. but. If you had advice for our generation today, from, like, Aviana's age to my age, Mm -hmm. um, what would you advise to us, to everyone (sighs) in our generation?
1: Um, To never forget the power of the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting for me because I've been along the walk of, you know, feminist versus divine feminine, and there is such... There's such a power. I talk to Eviana, my little girl, about this all the time. There is something within us that is innately feminine. Mm-hmm. And when we say the word feminine, I think a lot of times people equate that with weakness. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say it is so powerful mm-hmm. and it is so strong. We really believe in that divine part of ourselves that is feminine mm-hmm. and is, is that place where we are here to nurture um, and to make richer. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about soil, and the soil is either depleted mm-hmm. or it is nurtured, right? It's filled with nutrients. Mm-hmm. And I think we can fill ourselves up so beautifully from this space of divine feminine. And I would say the last thing that I used to look at my life as roles or categories I'm a mom, I'm an author, I'm a wife. I'm a volunteer at school, I'm a speaker, I'm a this, I'm a that, and at the end of the day, I would feel depleted, like Mm -hmm. the soil that hasn't had enough water, right? i feel depleted, like I had nothing else to give, until I realized that if I didn't first fill myself up Uh with all that is divine and beautiful, Mm -hmm. with all that is feminine strength, with all that goodness, if I was able to fill myself up to overflowing, Mm -hmm. then everything that I do outside of me is an expression of who I am. Yeah. And then it became not so much of a struggle for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: didn't feel like at the end of the day I was letting someone down or myself down.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: wow, what I did today, I filled myself up first with gratitude, love, with exercise whatever it means for Michelle mm-hmm. to fill herself up, to fill whole, that whole woman, mm-hmm. right, mentality. To live that and then everything else beyond that, if I'm filled to overflowing, it's just an expression mm-hmm. of who I am and I'm able to give, I think I'm able to give more mm-hmm. because I see it as this fluid um, flow of divine femininity, mm-hmm. which is goddess-like. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't want to force and push and fight. I want to allow it to flow Mm -hmm. and overflow.
0: Yeah. And so that's what you're saying with our generation. We need to just fill ourselves before we we give to others. I
1: think so. It's so important. I mean, I never was taught that growing up. Yeah. So if you see yourself as a valued treasure, mm-hmm. if you see yourself as truly beautiful because you are, mm-hmm. and you give yourself those words, mm-hmm. and you do the things, whether it's, you know what, I'm going to go ride my horse, mm-hmm. or I'm going to go stare at the ocean, mm-hmm. or I'm going to meditate, I'm going to take a hike, whatever it is, I'm going to bake that amazing pie because I love to bake. Yeah. Whatever you do to fill yourself up, yeah. I'm going to, whatever. You allow that to be the first thing In your life, yeah, right to love you on that kind of level, yeah, and understand it's not being selfish, it's being self full, mm-hmm. then everything else starts to, to flow, it starts to fit into place, yeah, and it doesn't feel so much like a fight, yeah, because that's exhausting, it is. A hundred percent. it does get you know, exhausting. It yeah. really does. Yeah. I, I did that in television news. I got every day on television news, I'm fighting for this and that. Yeah. It's exhausted by the end of the day and eventually it will deplete your health. It will deplete so much in your life. I'm not saying it's not okay to, to have that strong voice. I'm just saying the place that it comes from mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily need to be so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's hard when we when we come from the outside in. Yeah, it becomes easier. It becomes more fluid when we come inside out.
0: Yeah, does that make that sense? no? That makes total sense. Mm. And it kind of um, resonates. It resonates a lot with me. Good. Um, but Michelle, I wanted to know what is your your personal mission statement in life? Like, what what is your mm. If you had to
1: That's beautiful. If, if you
0: had to think of your own little personal mission statement. My mission
1: statement, I honestly and it maybe sounds really simple, but it is I just to love. I just I wanna love. I want to I wanna be an extension. Mm-hmm. of what love looks like, what love feels like. I want when people to meet me mm-hmm. and they go, wow, what is it that she has yeah. that I'm looking for? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it has nothing to do with material or anything. It mm-hmm. has, it, it's something that she has inside of her mm-hmm. that's radi- radiating from her. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what that is. Mm-hmm. If I can help people find what that is for mm-hmm. themselves, yeah. then I think I'm making good use of my life. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that with... The, the tool that I called is love yeah that I'll be a happy camper at the end of the every day
0: exactly mm-hmm. I think that's just all what we need in this world is just love mm-hmm. because there's so many like yeah. horrible things that are going on yeah. but if you just use love I think a lot would be it's powerful. So yeah.
1: And people think, oh, love, love doesn't, love does heal. Love does amazing things. Love, yeah. Love works. There's that book uh, called Love Does. Mm-hmm. You know, love does, love heals, love works. Love is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And if we can just um, begin to understand that that means it starts with ourselves. Because mm-hmm. we bash ourselves a lot. Yes. We are conditioned to not like ourselves. Yeah. We're conditioned to find fault. We're conditioned to say, I'm not enough. We're conditioned to speak to ourselves in very unloving ways. Yeah. And if we can just flip that around and understand that it's so important, how could you not want to be your own best friend? Exactly. How could you not want to love the person you see in the mirror, the, 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 the person that you'd live in this skin? Mm-hmm. To understand who she is and, and to help her realize all that she's here to do and be. Mm-hmm. It starts with love.
0: Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah. I love it. I love speaking to you <laughs> I love today. speaking to you. <laughs> and um, we want to know how do we get all your... So what's your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter? So just tell everyone out there.
1: Okay, <laughs> here we go. Instagram is Michelle Madrid Branch. Okay. Um, Twitter is at LetHerBeGreater. Okay. And um, Facebook is Michelle Madrid Branch. Okay. Um, and let well personal I think is Michelle Madrid branch but the author is let her be greater okay so you can find me in those places yeah
0: if you want to follow Michelle go and look her up and give her a follow But it was so nice speaking to you and having you on my little podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time to come out here and do this with me. Such a privilege. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's my pleasure. I'm so proud of you. You're lovely. She's lovely and radiant. She's (laughs) amazing. Thank you so much. But um, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. I'm lost in the desert. But your mind always is. You find. Stuck in quicksand And I am trying Not to drown Falling deeper This time And I am struggling Thank you.